From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And joining me for this edition is Jason Allen. Uh, Jason, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, Jason, you are one of our co-sponsored seminarians. Uh, studying at the Theological College here in Washington, D.C. You're originally from the uh, Diocese of Fort Worth, Texas. Correct, yes. So uh, tell me, um, Jason Allen, how did you go about uh, discovering, discerning your vocation? Mm-hmm. So I grew up Catholic in the Diocese of Fort Worth, and I started to get involved in my home parish uh, just outside of the city. Um in middle school, really just because I needed some service hours, and uh, the church was a good way to volunteer. And so uh, from that, I started to get more involved in uh, the youth ministry programs as well as altar serving. And it was really through those things that I um, started to take uh, personal responsibility for my own faith and really diving in uh, to the uh, Catholic faith. And my plan throughout most of my life really was um, to go to Texas A&M and study engineering and then join the Navy after graduation. And I was attending a retreat my uh, junior year of high school when the vocation director for our diocese at the time uh, was there. And um, really just by coincidence, I happened to run into him and we started talking and uh, he really encouraged me to uh, consider and discern the priesthood, which up to that point, um, I had never really done before. And so after that, I started, uh, meeting with one of the priests at my home parish and talking to him and, you know, trying to figure out more about the priesthood and, you know, how to discern well. And so through those conversations, as well as, um, starting to go to daily mass more regularly and doing a holy hour each week, um, I really started to, uh, realized that at the time God might be calling me to the priesthood. And so in pursuing it further, um, I applied for seminary through the Diocese of Fort Worth, and I entered uh, Holy Trinity Seminary right after uh, graduating high school. Okay, how old are you now? I'm 27. So how old were you when you went into seminary? I entered at 18. 18, wow, mm-hmm. so already you've been you're almost 10 years down the road. Yes, uh, I'm in my final semester, actually. So um, I was ordained a deacon in uh, March last year. So my uh, actual anniversary of ordination is coming up on Friday. Um, Congratulations. Yes, thank you. And then I'll be ordained a priest in uh, May. How do you feel about that? I'm very excited. Um, So yeah, as you mentioned, it's been almost 10 years. uh, So nine years total. Um, And uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming, it feels like. Um, It's been good. I really appreciated my time in seminary um, in the formation program uh, that the various seminaries have. And um, yeah, I feel like it's finally, you know, reaching its fulfillment in ordination. I'm very excited to, you know, finally be a priest and serving in the diocese and serving the people. And for the benefit of our listener, I should explain what is a co-sponsored seminarian. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, essentially, the Archdiocese for the Military Services has a partnership with uh, mm-hmm. uh, archdioceses and dioceses and religious communities around the uh, nation where uh, if a young man coming up through one of those 
uh, branches of the church, expresses interests in uh, military chaplaincy. The Archdiocese for the Military Services will uh, join and uh, pay for half the seminarian's formation through seminary. Uh, once the um, seminarian comes out, you uh, give three years of pastoral service to your home diocese, and then you come over to the Archdiocese for the Military Services for a period of uh, chaplaincy, mm -hmm. in which case uh, your uh, pastoral service in your home diocese will begin what this summer. It will. So I will have some training I will be doing with the Navy this summer up in Rhode Island um, right after I'm ordained. Um, but after I finish that and come back to Fort Worth, I'll be assigned to a parish um, somewhere in the diocese and uh, yeah, begin serving as a priest. So let me ask you this. You come from a basically a, a landlocked diocese. <laughs> How in the world did you get interested in the Navy? Um, so my dad served in the Navy. Um, he uh, also graduated from Texas A&M and then entered uh, the Navy after graduation. And so um, I grew up uh, just outside of the Navy base, which is actually an we do have one in Fort Worth, despite the sea being a couple hours away. Um, and so the Navy was always part of my life and um, was always in the background in what I had planned on doing. And so even when discerning the priesthood, you know, it still lingered as something uh, I thought I might be interested in doing, uh, but as a priest, as a chaplain. And so in uh, discerning the priesthood, and then specifically while in seminary preparing for priesthood, continuing to discern um, whether or not God might be calling me to uh, live out my priestly vocation in that particular way as a chaplain. And so um, I was in conversation with my formators at the seminary and then uh, the bishop of Fort Worth in particular um, to see if uh, that might be a possibility to serve as a chaplain. And uh, the bishop graciously you know, agreed that... Um, I would be able to do that. And so I began that that process uh, a couple years ago in applying for the Archdiocese Military Services. I see. And you're in the reserves now, right? I am currently, yes. You are an ensign. I am. Uh, and when you go on active duty in three years from now, mm -hmm. uh, you'll acquire the rank of lieutenant, correct? I believe so, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, tell me about your formation. You uh, said you've had a good time in mm -hmm. the seminary. To, well, to walk us through a day in the life of a co-sponsored seminary in the seminary. So at Theological College, um, we begin with um, morning prayer and or Mass, depending on the day. Um, if we don't have Mass in the morning, then we have it in the evening. But um, after Mass, the schedule is more or less up to us, depending on our classes at the university. Because um, although we live at Theological College and most of our um, specific formation for the priesthood is done there, all of our academic work is done uh, at the Catholic University of America just across the street. And so day-to-day uh, -day will look somewhat similar to a normal um, grad student schedule um, where I'm going to class doing a lot of reading for class and um, uh, on the weekends uh, I go to uh, Blessed Sacrament Parish which is here in DC and I um, serve mass as a deacon um, I preach occasionally and then I also help out uh, with uh, baptisms and weddings as well so uh, you're in your last year. You were at uh, Theological College for five years. 
yes, one of those years was a pastoral year um, in which I was actually back home uh, in the diocese serving at a parish full time. I see. I um, okay, any idea where you'll be assigned when you go back? <laughs> Uh, I have been asking my bishop that, um, and they haven't settled on a place yet uh, for my assignment, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to know soon. But it'll be somewhere in the diocese um, at one of our parishes. What is your degree going to be in? Um, I'll have a uh, Master's of Divinity as well as a Bachelor's of Sacred Theology. How many brothers and sisters do you have? Um, I have two sisters. I'm in the middle. Um, my older sister, she's married and she lives in Fort Worth with her family. And so it's uh, always exciting to see my niece and nephew whenever I'm home. And then uh, my younger sister, she lives uh, up in near Boston. And what do they think of your vocation? Um, they're pretty excited. Um, they, uh, so I, I'm the first priest in our family. So, you know, growing up, we didn't have too much close contact with the priest. So they're um, definitely excited to you know see what that's like, and uh, they've been very supportive of me. Well, I know I speak for Catholics in the military when I say thank you for your sacrifice and your decision to go into the Navy as a chaplain. Well, the chaplains, the Catholic chaplains in the Navy are in short supply, as I'm sure you well know. <laughs> yes. Your work is going to be cut out for you. Uh, not too many days off in your future, uh, at least for the time you're in the, the Navy. How do you feel about that? Um, that's part of uh, definitely what drew me to uh, becoming a chaplain is seeing that great need that we have. Um, you know, we have a lot of Catholics serving the, in the military, um, and so it's important that we have priests as well um, serving those who serve our country. And so, uh, you know, part Part of it's a little exciting, you know, seeing this huge daunting task and, you know, looking forward to, uh, you know, tackling it as best I can with the support of uh, the church and the military itself. Um, so there is an element that it might be a little daunting at times just seeing, you know, the, the huge load. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, it's it's worth it. And so for that reason, I'm looking forward to it. Your dad was in the Navy. Did he tell you any war stories about his interactions with chaplains in the Navy? Uh, he's talked about a couple of them and, um, and some of them really stick out in his mind as, uh, you know, really influential in his own spiritual life. And, um, uh, especially, you know, in the midst of some of the craziness that he would experience, um, having that chaplain to, uh, talk to and, um, be a spiritual mentor was very helpful. How long ago did you enter the reserves? Um, so two days after my ordination, actually. Um, so your diaconal organ. Yeah, back in March, I was uh, commissioned. I see. Uh, have you done a lot of training yet? Uh, no, I was supposed to do it last summer, but because of COVID, um, I wasn't able to go, and so it's been postponed until this coming summer. And so, what kind of training will you be doing? So the first part will be um, officer development school, um, which is uh, the training program for that most of the staff officers will go through. Um, so I'll do that for the first part of the summer. And then after that, I will go through the uh, chaplain orientation. Uh, and that's more specifically for the chaplain corps. And you'll remain active in the reserves for the three years that you're doing pastoral service back in Texas. No, so the way the Navy does it, while we are still chaplain candidates, uh, we do not drill as reservists, unlike uh, maybe Army or Air Force chaplains do. Hmm. Um, so I'll be able to you know, be fully committed to 
whatever parish assignment I have in the diocese until I go on active duty in three years. You know, we see a lot of secularization in our society, both in civilian society and in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? How, how will you bring Christ into a, mm-hmm. uh, a culture that's becoming increasingly secular? Yeah, you can definitely see um, as, yeah, there does seem to be this separation between, you know, ourselves as individuals and the culture in general uh, between uh, us and this really just any idea of the transcendent. Um, But I think at the same time, there's becoming an increasing thirst for that. And uh, due to the secularization, people may not recognize uh, this thirst in them, or if they do, they may not know, you know, how to... uh, uh, quench that thirst, and I think it's part of the role of the priest um, is to uh, help people recognize that and uh, help them fulfill it. And the uh, fullest way to do that is through uh, faith um, in God and in Christ. The military is about keeping the peace, and sometimes that means waging war, mm-hmm. which seems to be contradictory to the message of the gospel, which is a message of peace. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about uh, that conflict in your mind? Do you experience any kind of cognitive dissonance when you think about the uh, role of the military and mm-hmm. the message of of the good news? Yes, I mean, looking at Christ's own example of uh, being a witness to peace, even when he was uh, persecuted himself to the point of crucifixion, um, it at the surface level it does seem like you know uh, what the military has to do at times does seem contradictory to that. But I think when you look deeper at it, it's the goals are are very similar and they're not opposed to one another. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the purpose of the military is to keep the peace, and there are those who uh, seek to disrupt that peace, and often uh, armed conflict is the only way to uh, to ensure the peace and security of those we care for. And um, in the midst of that, it's important that uh, the priest and chaplain, although he may not he does not engage in the conflict himself. Um, is there to support those who do. And certainly the men and women who do uh, take up arms for our country uh, are certainly in need of and deserve to have access to Mm -hmm. the sacraments, uh, to spiritual counseling. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in fact, I can't think of anyone who would need it more in certain circumstances where, uh, you know, your mortality is right there Mm -hmm. in front of you and your life is on the line defending your country. Exactly, I would agree. you know, we, we always need God in the midst of the greatest struggles we face, and um, our men and women uh, serving in the military are often in such a situation uh, like that. And so, um, yeah, I would say that we need chaplains uh, in that realm almost more than any other, I think. So let's go back to seminary. I'm curious to know, uh, do you uh, get to choose which courses you take or is there a core course and then you add electives mm-hmm. how does that work just like college uh very similar there's a, a degree plan that we follow and so that includes um specific classes that we have to take um and then there are some options where uh, we need to take some electives within a certain field so like 
we all had to take the Synoptic Gospels and the Gospel of John. Um, Are those two separate courses? They were, yes. So we covered uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke together, uh, but then John, with it having a very different um, style and emphases, it's treated separately. Um, But then after that, we have some freedom to choose within the Scripture uh, department uh, some electives that we can take. Letters of St. Paul? Yes, which I'm uh, currently in uh, this semester. Uh, I had that course in college. I was a philosophy major in college okay. way back when, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to a Jesuit college, Spring Hill College in Mobile, Alabama, and we had uh, core courses. We took four theology courses, and one of them was uh, the Letters of St. Paul. Fascinating course. It, you know, the earliest writings of the of in Christianity and Christendom are mm-hmm. uh, from St. Paul. Yeah, and they're very worthwhile reading. And uh, you know, at Mass, we you know get them in kind of pieces, sometimes not necessarily in order even. And so it's nice uh, to see um, these letters as whole units and looking at them and uh, really diving into what St. Paul is trying to tell us uh, through these letters to the various communities. So I'm guessing here, having not been through seminary, but uh, my, my guess would be your last year you would— uh, uh, spend heavily focused on the practical aspects of being a priest. Exactly, yes. So this semester I'm taking a course that's called the Ministry of the Liturgical Presider. And so basically it's uh, yeah, learn how to be a priest and do the practical things. Um, so we've been going through uh, how to celebrate the Mass. And so it's been uh, very interesting um, vesting in the uh, chasuble that the priest wears at mass, and then actually, you know, saying the words and doing the gestures at mass um, for the first time, and so it makes it very apparent how how close ordination is, and uh, it's very exciting. What uh, what do your folks think about you being this close to finishing your formational journey? Mm-hmm. They're very excited, in part just to have me go back home to Fort Worth instead of being uh, so far away here in D.C., uh, but they're also just very excited for me um, to be ordained a priest and um, see the work I've put into formation uh, pay off and um, serve as a priest back home uh, where they live and I grew up. Where did you enter minor seminary right out of high school? So I started at Holy Trinity Seminary uh, in Dallas and attended the University of Dallas um, for the first part of my undergrad. Um, However, my senior year ended up being at St. Joseph Seminary College in Louisiana, uh, just north of New Orleans. Um, And we ended up moving because at the time we were using both those two seminaries for our college guys, um, the Diocese of Fort Worth. And so the bishop uh, thought it would be best for us to consolidate and uh, all move to one seminary so that we can all interact with each other better um, because we're going to be serving together as priests for the rest of our lives in the Diocese of Fort Worth. And so having that opportunity at the beginning of seminary to really get to know one another um, as opposed to being in two different states uh, was very helpful for us. And so um, those two places are where I did my first half of seminary. I see. And last summer, were you able to go home to Texas for a while or did you stay up here the whole year? Um, so we went home in March due to uh, the pandemic closing down the university um, for in-person classes. And so um, I was uh, in the Diocese of Fort Worth from March until we came back here uh, in August. I see. Uh, what was the uh, situation last summer as far as the mm-hmm. pandemic goes in Texas? 
Um, so we did not have that initial huge spike in cases that places like New York had, um, but we uh, still had that initial quarantine and rather strict isolation period to, you know, flatten the curve like a lot of places did. Um, and we were able to return to having mass in public uh, in the beginning of May, I believe. And at that point, um, having been newly ordained a deacon a couple months before that, um, each weekend I would drive out uh, to a couple of our rural parishes that we have in the diocese and um, serve mass as a deacon and then bring communion to some of those who uh, were not able to go to mass due to their um, health or other uh, infirmities that they had. Um, so it was a, really a beautiful opportunity for me to practice my diaconal ministry and and uh, going out to um, those in need who are not able to join us for the Mass when we were able to have public Mass again. How many years have you been here in D.C. now going to the Theological College? Um, so I came here in 2016, and so um, I've been here four total years uh, with that pastoral year in the middle where I went back home. Was that the first time you had been to the nation's capital? I had been once before my um, second year of seminary, a couple of us from Holy Trinity came up here for the March for Life, um, and we were there for uh, the Mass for Life in the Basilica and the March the next morning. What's it been like for you studying here in Washington, D.C.? Um, I really appreciated my opportunity to be here. Um, CUA is an excellent school, um, so I really appreciated the um, academic opportunities I've had through it. And um, Theological College, very good seminary, um, I think is preparing me well to serve as a priest. And then um, the district itself, although it's uh, very crowded, there's a lot more people here than there is back home in Fort Worth. Um, but the museums and the history and everything is a is an amazing opportunity to be able to go and experience. Do you expect you'll, uh, uh, in the three years you're going to be home before you enter the Navy, uh, rise to the level of pastor, or is that farther down in your vocation? Uh, so there is a chance that might happen. We do have a couple of priests in the diocese who are serving as pastors already of some of our uh, smaller parishes that are further removed from the big cities. Um, however, given that I'll only be there for three years, um, I think I will most likely stay as an associate pastor, as a uh, parochial vicar um, at one of our larger parishes. And your training this summer is, where did you say, up in Connecticut? In Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Yeah, Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, how long will you be in Rhode Island? Um, so it's two different sessions. The first one is about five weeks, and then uh, the second one is, is 10 days. I see. And uh, you mentioned that officer training was the first uh, round. What, what else will you uh, focus on while you're there? So the, the second part will specifically be for chaplains. Um, and so that's where uh, they go through a lot of the, the role of the chaplain in the military and what responsibilities uh, we will have. What did your dad do in the Navy? He, so he was initially in flight school, um, but uh, he ended up being a engineer um, in the construction battalion uh, for the Navy. I see. And he went to Texas A&M also. He did, yes. Studied engineering, yeah. Uh, well, how the Aggies going to do in football this year? Uh, that I don't know. <laughs> I guess uh, time will tell, um, but hopefully well. Well, Navy, uh, Navy's football team has done quite well the past 15 or 20 years. They've, mm -hmm. uh, 
defeated army, I think, uh, 15 out of the last 20 mm-hmm. years. Uh, who knows, you may end up at the Navy Academy in your time as a Navy chaplain. I went, uh, That would be a very exciting assignment to have at some point. Are you familiar with the life of Father Capadano? I have. I first heard about him actually when I started applying for the uh, Archdiocese of Military Services. And, um, and yeah, learning about... Uh, yeah, just his willingness to sacrifice himself uh, for those he served, and just beautiful witness of, as a priest and as a chaplain. Um, very inspiring, and um, will definitely be a model for me in my own chaplaincy. Have you attended the Father Capadano Mass? A, a couple times. The past two years, I was able to uh, be there for it. And you also come around here to the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center over the Labor Day weekend, too, right? I did, yes. I was very happy we were still able to have that uh, this uh, past semester. And it's a good opportunity since, you know, we're all spread out throughout the country, the other co-sponsored seminarians. And it's nice to have that opportunity to get to interact with one another when otherwise we're just kind of a face on a poster to each other. I'm talking to Jason Allen, a co-sponsored seminarian uh, for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, uh, soon to be ordained a priest. Uh, and will uh, enter service in three years as a U.S. Navy chaplain. Uh, and I mentioned the uh, Labor Day weekend. That's a tradition here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services. All of our co-sponsored seminarians come around for a barbecue thrown by the Knights of Columbus and uh, time to uh, chat with the Archbishop, Timothy Brolio, uh, and uh, other co-sponsored seminarians from around the country. This year, you won't be joining us because you'll you'll be uh, you'll be done. Yes. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, um, Jason Allen, thank you so much for talking to me today, and thank you for uh, your decision to become a uh, Navy chaplain. We need more chaplains throughout the military, not just in the Navy, but. Uh, uh, Air Force, uh, Army, uh, Marines, course, as a, a Navy chaplain, uh, you may also end up ministering to the Marines uh, and uh, for the Coast Guard as well. Um, we have currently only about 196 active duty chaplains, and uh, that's down from just since the time of uh, 9-11, we had uh, over 400 uh, the, the number has been steadily declining over the years because of attrition. Chaplains are getting uh, older and having to retire faster than they can be repla- than they can be replaced. And so, uh, you, Jason Allen, are a sign of hope for those of us uh, in the church and in the military. Those of us who want to practice our Catholic faith. Thank you, thank you for your sacrifice and your vocation. Yes, sir. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Catholic Military Life is a production of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, the AMS. The AMS was established by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985. Her mission? To provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, the civilian workforce employed by the federal government beyond U.S. borders, and the families of these populations, making the AMS the Church's only truly global archdiocese. 
Among pastoral services provided by the AMS under Archbishop Timothy Brolio, celebration of the sacraments, endorsement of chaplains, evangelization and religious education, sacramental record-keeping, a thriving seminarian program, pastoral visitation by the bishops to military installations worldwide, and more. All told, 1.8 million Catholics all over the world depend on the AMS, based in Washington, D.C., to meet their spiritual and sacramental needs. The AMS receives no government funding. She depends entirely on private gifts for survival. For more information, visit millarch.org. That's M-I-L-A-R-C-H dot O-R-G.